my dad always said something like, at the end, everything is your choice. The decisions that you made makes you. So it's your decision, your call, your history, your thing. Hi, welcome to the next episode. I'm Monica Lim and I'm your host for Let's Get Practical. And in this channel, we just invite people who are doing interesting things. And we want to just, you know, tap into their back end. What are they doing to make these things? What kind of practical things they're doing so we can always learn something from them. Today, I have a good friend of mine. Uh, his name is Ted Kim. He's based in Korea at the moment. And yeah, let's learn all about him. So Ted, can you tell us a little bit about you? Hello, Monica. Hello. Nice to... Uh... Thank you for having me today. Uh, my name is Ted. Um, what I'm doing at the moment is I am a founder of a tech startup, which is called DevD. Uh, we are building a mobile app that makes people easily find a suitable place for them to rent out in, in Korea. And also I'm quite, uh, people think me as like uh, doing a lot of different projects actually and uh, for example i'm doing a newsletter as well uh, every single morning uh, monday to friday uh, teaching what a uh, new um, jargons and new words which comes out in the industry so in in in, in trending um, news and also i'm i go around different places like uh, workation places and um, staying to, in order to uh, let people uh, know how they feel when they come here and stay at the new places all around Korea. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. So many, so mm. many questions that I'm having in my mind <laughs> to, to ask you. Um, a little, like a little, just to add on to that, I know Ted from Notion. We are both Notion ambassadors and, you know, like they're about like, I don't know, 10 or 11 people, maybe like more today. And just, just Ted came across as like the cool kid who was quiet, but was doing a lot of crazy fun things in the background. So I've been always, um, you know, just asking him for ideas and for, for things. And he's new. Uh, I'm really excited to, to learn more about, uh, you know, Dev D and lots of questions about that. And um, can you tell us where you are right now? Right. Um, I'm here at Kozong which is uh, in the east side of South Korea, uh, where you can see the uh, beach. Uh, many, many surfers are out. Not today, but used to be quite well known for surfing. And uh, I'm at, here at Mangrove Kozong, which is a very, very brand new place uh, in order to people to enjoy work and vacation in the same time. Oh, wow, cool. Um, that, that might be a good place to start. I know, Ted, you... You have like, you know, lived in this co like co living spaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh I'm sure that's like, you know, like by choice. Um yeah. you know, can you tell us a little bit about like, you know, why you like are traveling around? Like what are some of the benefits that you saw, maybe like disadvantages? Um, have you lived abroad? Tell us how like you're you're choosing where to live. Wow, that's a big question, actually. <laughs> that uh, goes through all... And you can take it as however you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fine. Uh, 
how can I uh, summarize this? Okay. Um, I lived in England for eight years, uh, plus one year in Germany. Uh, I did. Uh, I worked uh, from 2012 to 2019. And I lived in a city called Sheffield, which is in the northern, uh, northern part of England. And as you can see, it's not really very, very famous. It's famous. It's, it's a big city, but it's not really famous for um, a single local Koreans to just pop up and like live for eight years. I probably will be the longest uh, living Korean in Sheffield, probably. Yeah. Wow. And Never been. The thing is, yeah, no one heard of it. I went there in my early 20s. And I had to find a suitable place for me. And it was awful. Yeah. I got robbed for once when I was in, in one, when I was living in one of the uh, apartments. Uh, wow. And I was in the, I was in my house and oh my God. someone just come in, robbed me. Oh my God. Yeah. And you stayed there so eight that, years. Yeah, yeah. I've been there eight years. And they're kind of like, how can I say, hammered me in my head and I had a lot of uh, thoughts about how I can live in a good places and things like that. How's become a thing in my life. So that comes to me and when I come back to Korea, my family used to live in Seoul. So I was so lucky to be there. And just before they say they are moving down to Jungju. Oh, again, middle of Norway. <laughs> I had no house in my soul. I had to work. So I had to find the place again. The first place which I found in Korea was about like 12 meters square. It was really wow, tiny. That's pretty small, right? I know. Yeah. yeah. And I had to pay like, what, $300 per month. And yeah. So, and then I thought, okay, maybe. Since I have nothing with me, I, I, I had no bed, I had no uh, desk, chairs, and things like that. So why not just pop into a place where everything is uh, already there? And then I found this concept, which is called co-living house. I think it's Greek, Konglish as well. But yeah. No, co-living. Well, I know. I've, I think I've heard that before. When was your first co-living experience or like instance? Um, as a concept of co-living, I think it's very, very similar to, you know, uh, when you live together in, in, in the universities and things like that, like a dormitory. So if I think dormitory as a co-living, I've probably been there for 10 years now. Wow. Yeah. That's like, that's like crazy. Yeah. Um, and any, like, I don't know, like to me, uh, I'm sort of a, okay, I need stability. I need to like. I don't know, have a house and like be there. Like it gives me anxiety not knowing where, you know, I might go two years later, but, um, what have you, like anything that you can tell us from, from your end, like, oh, what did you learn from living in all of this co-living spaces with like probably a lot of other people? Well, um, first I met very good friends. That's a good thing. I mean, like. Think about when you like your uni life, for example, you meet many, many good friends who are in a 
similar age group, uh, similar um, uh, like-minded people around. But the thing is, like after uni, you never meet them, right? I mean, like, you can so meet true. in an occasion, but not every day. Not like uni. It's really hard to meet friends. So I think co-living kind of like generate a good atmosphere to make people to meet each other. And they are quite like-minded, I think. Yeah. They think about their lifestyles. They think about well-being as well. So. Wow, that's that's interesting. So like the because they they value their lifestyle, they're like almost mm. choosing to go to a co-living space. Yeah. And wow. that comes to the second point, I guess, where not many people have all the furniture with them, I think. Mm. I mean like yes, if they had a house before, they'll probably have one, but for example, early uh, youngsters in like mid twenties or late twenties, when they first come out to and live by their own, they will never have a furniture by themselves, right? So co-living yeah. could be a great uh, substitute for them to not just go into a empty house, but to go to a co-living place where there's everything. And then they can buy one by one. Yeah. Cool. How, like how many different co-living spaces have you been to? Not sure. Um, let me just count. One, two, three, four, five, five. I think it's five. Yeah. Just after uh, five. 2019, I've been to five different co-livings in Korea. And what, um, can you tell us a little bit about like, what are some of your, the favorite things that like the best co-living had? And then maybe some of the, the, you know, like if you can pop on your in your mind like your your top and like maybe your worst experience mm. and like about them okay uh, the best one it should be uh, i met my team member uh, which i work with in tfd uh, from the place where i lived so okay i know them by person yeah they were like i don't know like next door neighbors how did you how did how did you meet them at a co-living co i mean the kitchen is a common plate, so we can oh, just go God. and pop it, say hi. Yeah. So and um, ate, your uh, team member, what's the role that your team member plays? Uh, she's a data engineer. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. was that like one of the first members in your, in your, in your like new startup? She's not a first member, but she's early member. Yeah. Okay. Um. And what was the, so like, you, you know, you like meeting people. Uh, yeah. If somebody had to, you know, if I tell you, oh, Ted, you know, like I'm thinking about going to a co-living space. What would be like the, the top three sort of, I don't know, variables or conditions that you think would be important to consider? Well, I think co-living places, pricing is not too low. It's, it's quite expensive, to be honest. Yes. You have to pay something like. 800 US dollars per month, including wow. all the Wow. Mm. That's expensive. Okay. I know. I mean, like, I've been to one of the cheapest places, but still, mm. I had to pay it something. 650, 700 US dollars per wow. month. Wow. And also, the room is tight. So, <laughs> there's always the, the drawbacks as well. Okay. So, like, you know, think about price, but... um. You know, if you if you had to give suggestions on like 
your advice on how to choose mm. if I'm in between, like, let's say, four different places with a similar price range? Mm -hmm. What are some other sort of like non-obvious things that you think are important? Mm. I'll probably see the atmosphere which makes you comfy or not. So when you go there, you'll probably just feel the atmosphere. Like, oh, wow, for example, okay. one place might be more calm than other places. Like, for example, Mangrove was welcoming each other. They're quite friendly and um, people like to talk to each other. But mm -hmm. I mean, for example, other places, um, people don't talk to each other often. They just group themselves and talk to talk within their group. So mm -hmm. there are, are the atmosphere differences that you might be not be able to just catch in the first place, but you have to think about. There are some places where you can see uh, many foreign friends as well. Yeah. I lived with uh, one British girl and a French guy when I lived in Min, which you probably oh, never cool. get a, a neighbor in Korea. So. That is, that's pretty cool. And then like going back to like, oh, you know, like the, the, the atmosphere might be open. Some people may talk to you and then some other places might be quieter. I think depending on your personality, right? Like, let's say, you know, I, yeah. I don't want, I don't want people to talk to me or some people want like more, like, I don't know, French friendlier, like yeah. rapport with their neighbors. So mm -hmm. that's also like, I didn't think about that. Like, so just visiting and then you will, you will kind of know, right? Yeah. You just. Just pretty go ahead and get it. I see. Because like the furniture and all of that, it's like kind of like pretty similar probably. Yeah. I mean, it, we call it Ikea. Uh, yeah. yeah, Ikea furniture. That's that's a good yeah, point. It's, it's modern and just like, it's just Ikea. Right, right. So um, you mentioned DevD and I'm, I'm mm. super curious about that. Um, so can you tell us just like, I don't know, like you're, you're like, one sentence summary of DevD. I know, I know you did it at the beginning, but if you can remind us what DevD is. How can I say? Uh, I think the concept differs every single country, but finding a house is a huge, huge pain for everyone. Finding a right house for me was a huge pain. So we made this app. You can find the right house, right rent for you not to visit all the realtors and, and landlords, but to just know that in, in, in data before you vi visit all the places. That is um, a question for you. So I know like, it, I mean, in the US, there are a couple apps that are very quite popular yeah. that help you find homes. I actually found my home online yeah. um, looking at listings and then I had to do research on, you know, I don't know, like crime rates and whatnot like crime rates, like, you know, school districts, like uh, supermarket, like all of these amenities. But in your case, like how does your app like differentiate itself from the other apps that help you find stuff, right? Well, the thing is like, I know in the US, some of the famous apps are like Zillow, Redfin. Yeah. And things like that. And they give you a lot of different data, like crime rate as mentioned, and workability score, mm -hmm. whether you can work, work around or not, and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. Noise score as well, whether the house is noisy at the night times or not. 
things like that. But in Korea, the, the leading real tabs doesn't give you a lot of different data. And also, I think it's, it's constructed that, yeah, because of the, of the legal issues and things like that, people will not be able to get a lot of money out of uh, giving good information. So, but the thing is, as a, as a youngster, we need a lot of different information in, in order to make a decision whether to live in this house or that house. And that's the reason why we thought, okay, we'll probably need some more data and we will make a recommender system so people do not have to uh, go around and spend a lot of different time and money to just look around the houses and to get a nice house. That's, um, that sounds like, you know, quite, quite interesting. The, the question that I had is when you say, you know, like you, uh, people, the young people, you know, like need a lot of data. Mm -hmm. Are you targeting a certain like age group or audience for your app? Yeah. I mean, our core targets should be the mid to late twenties who didn't have any experience about getting a house before. So the first oh, time I see. home That's so cool. together, yeah. It's like a like just it has that like toss vibe, you know, like very very yeah, yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. that's like what I remember when you say, oh, you know, people who have no experience. I think toss really uh, brought finance to people who were like not educated, yeah. you know, in the finance sort of like you know field. Um, yeah. That's interesting. And when you say like we need the you know these people in their twenties. I don't know if it's like Gen Z or like Gen what, you know, maybe there's yeah. a new one. But um, what kind together, of yeah. what kind of data is important to this group? Everything matters. Can you, <laughs> can you tell us more? Like, matters. I think like, because yes. um, I've seen Ted like a couple maybe years, like maybe it was last year you did a test yeah. where you were asking a bunch of questions that seemed random. Like, do you exercise? I don't know, like different things. And then you suggested like neighborhoods and i remember that yeah. the suggestion was uh was actually pretty accurate so um when you say everything what are some like things that i don't know like maybe you were surprised that like that matters mm -hmm. to people right um i think um, the, the one thing that i can uh, think of is restaurants but like i don't Good know probably a lot of other I'll things say. yeah I mean, I see, I see. For example, restaurants can be varied in three or four different days. First, the reviews of a restaurant, whether uh, the average reviews, average stars of the restaurant nearby this house is high enough or not. And whether you have a lot of different, like certain restaurants that you like, like McDonald's, what else? Burger King, mm -hmm. Pizza Hut, and like that. There are many, many places where you cannot find any uh, McDonald's nearby. So that is so true. Yeah, and we we actually have a one um, data that's called Starbucks uh, score. So whether it's near, whether you have a nearby uh, Starbucks or not. And those points or scores like are visible on the app. Yeah, I mean it's oh, all wow. accumulated into um, hundred. Yeah. So in show, it tells you whether the house is 82 out of 100 for you or 64 out of 100 for you. So 
So you know this is, oh, this is 91. I'll probably just visit and see it, whether this house suits me or not. So you can make a decision making uh, beforehand as you go to and visit all the different places. Wow, that is um, that is actually pretty cool. The um, you know when for for people like um, do you come up with like these data points that you mm. think matter, like your team? Oh, there are a lot of uh, different statistics and and studies actually. Um, I read a lot of uh, researches and things like that. But yeah, we come up with the data points. We I think we have more than hundreds. Wow. So like hundreds sort of of this, okay, Starbucks, yes or no, like hospitals, like, I don't know, gyms, like a couple of things that I can think of. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is, is really cool. You might have a question something like whether you have a Starbucks or a gym, which matters more. Uh, that comes to another uh, different level of questioning, I'll say. Yeah. What matters wow. more. Wow. Um. Yeah, that that's that's an interesting question. Like, how do you have like an onboarding uh, questionnaire? Like, in, in a, I don't know, like an intake questionnaire where, because people probably weight things differently. Like, you know, I mean, like, mm-hmm. I want to have, I want to have a hospital. I don't mind if there is no restaurant, but then maybe somebody like really wants a hospital, really wants a restaurant, really wants Starbucks, like. Um, how do you determine like the, the weight probably is very different for people? Yeah. I mean, like more and more questions that you ask, the more accurate that you can get. But the thing is, if you get something like 300 questionnaires, you'll probably just drop it. There's too many questions. That's true. So, yeah. so the thing is like, our challenge here is to give a right amount of questions and get right accuracy to recommend so at wow. the moment we have something around like 40 questionnaires 40 to 50 something around that and that's like at the very beginning when you come into and then app? you stop asking questions or do you ask like you trickle in more questions no, that's all like that's at the very the beginning Wow. So uh, when did you I think like I don't know maybe you you just launched it or you are about to launch it now when has it been launched? So this week was the, the hectic week, I'll say. We tried to launch it and and I think it's out in the in the app market at the moment. Trying to put the data in uh, yesterday and today and probably be visible next Monday. Wow. Um how do you feel? Um it's a exciting moment, I'll say. Actually today, you know, yesterday was the day uh, Defty get become a one year uh, thing, so it's a it's a historic day for us. Wow! Um, are you there right now with your team, or just just by yourself? Just by me. Okay. Um, I, mean, I asked them. They said they don't. Come. <laughs> they don't want. They don't want to see you. Uh, yeah. How is the? Um, so, you know, like the the. Like, I, I don't know anything about this, like, founding. Like, I work for a startup, but it's a kind of, like, a medium-sized startup that has been around for a couple of years. Uh, yours has only been, like, for about a year. Um, you said, like, you you met one person, a data person, you know, at your co-living space. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your team? Like, how did you meet them? Like, what are their current roles? Right. Um, so, I... 
I'll say I co-founded. I co-founded with uh, another teammate um, who I worked with in my previous uh, work, previous uh, company. And I thought uh, she would be a great, great manager and operation persons. We gave her a role of COO. And she gets all the the business side of our company. And after that, we tried to get our technical guy. And I kind of approached to one of my friends who worked as a full set developer who lived with me in one of the co-living places which I lived. And he worked with us for, I'll say, four months-ish amount of time. But not full-time because all the, think about all the like uh, small startups, we don't full-time. And we can't pay a full-time full-stick developer from the first place. Mm-hmm. We kind of like make him to come along work with us and play with us, anything like that. And he kind of gave us the minimal viable product health, mm-hmm. MVP. And he left us, I think, this January-ish time mm-hmm. after he made us our first uh, version of our app. And and then he, uh, he uh, introduced another friend of his. And oh, he wow. Dis- and become our That's CTO. So nice. Yeah, he's nice. And yeah, that is so that is super nice. That company. yeah. Oh, so now we have so a full it's about, stack, I mean, like four people: CEO, CTO, and uh, data me. That's it. How are you doing? Like, I'm so impressed by um, by the design. Like, it looks so polished. And uh, how are you handling like marketing, design, like, I don't know, SEO, like there's so many things, but um, you're just, I mean, like you're a team of four, but it looks really polished, the yeah. app and everything. I mean, that was like, are you doing the marketing too? Or like, are you, do you freelance, do you like outsource that or? I mean, like we have to, you have to do the marketing at the moment. At the moment, me and the CEO person is doing the marketing together. How about the design? Like, it, it, it looks really nice. Thank you. Thank you for the compliment. Um, the first design, like logo, things like that, uh, we asked one of our friends, a very cool designer, and she gave the uh, original forces. And after that, me and the data engineer person and the CEO like kind of like mashed up somehow. Wow. Um. So when you say okay, somebody like it, it seems like I'm, I'm noticing a pattern where you have sort of like a go-to person for design or like you know developer or like whatever it is, and uh, because you have a relationship with them, yeah, you've you've built you know like a probably rapport with them. They they give you something to start and then you, you take that and mm-hmm. then you like, kind of like, you know, run. Right. Yeah. Which the is like, I think is, very impressive. I, well, the thing is we can't give them a huge project to do it. Uh, thinking about the timelines and thinking about the finance wise, it's not a wise decision for us, I think. So we mm-hmm. get the very core thing and then we kind of develop ourselves 
which kind of made the very, very low guideline for us. I mean, the design line, I think, okay. It's not perfect. And you're okay with that. Like, you know that it's going to get better later. I mean, we are team of four. I know. I cannot believe that. I cannot believe that. I'm going to link, I'm going to link the, um, you know, your, your new app in the description. But uh, I saw it on the, maybe I saw it on your Instagram feed, but it looked really nice. It looked really finished. So, um, yeah, congrats. Like, I, 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 I have not seen the, the core, whatever basic thing that your designer gave you, but, you know, it looks really great. And uh, do you have a design background, Ted? Or, like, what's your, what's your, like, academic background? My academic background. Right. I never use it. <laughs> but what did you study? I studied I law. think I know. Read, yeah. Right. Yeah, I remember. Okay. Yeah. I studied uh, European International Law. Wow. Okay. One thing that I mean, uh, from from what I know about you, I think you you write or you are. I think more than anything, you are a writer to me. Like you write a lot, and you write, I think, pretty well. So maybe that's the connection that you know. Normally, like we don't like you know, like I studied law, but I'm not doing anything law related. But you probably read a lot and write a lot. Is that right? Mm. Or no? Maybe. I mean, do you read a lot? I try to read a lot. I'm not a huge reader. Yeah. Okay. Because I noticed that people who who write usually they are readers. That's what you know. Yeah. One thing I've noticed. And well, the thing is, like, I have a lot of uh, writer friends, and and uh, the writing style which I have uh, is not a usual good writing standard. I would say. Well, I it's think I think writing. that's better right now because, like, <laughs> I think you know, like, I almost think that the writing that is like outlier, like, kind of like out out there writing, I think will do much better because we we have all of this like AI tools that are creating yeah. above average writing, true, and true. it's very like standard above average writing, right? So, like, if your writing is different, I think that's a huge plus right now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, in terms of like, you know, writing and whatnot. Like that that's how that's how I see right now how things are. But with Deb D, like, um, yeah, it looked it looks pretty finished. And um what kind of tools are you using? Like whether it's design, like, you know, just to give you one example, I am um I'm trying to learn about YouTube and mm -hmm. I've take I'm taking this course by Ali Abdal you know, part-time YouTuber Academy. He's a big YouTuber, like four, four million plus, you know, subscribers. And I, I learned like this week, a couple of days ago, that all of his thumbnails are created using Canva. And I was like, mm. what? Like, and it's not because of money, right? It's just because of convenience, like, um, you know, like how it does its job really well. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like totally forgot about Canva. Um, what kind of tools are you using to to create with a team of four? I'm sure like you're leveraging tools. Um, well, or maybe using, not. It's like all Adobe stuff. We're using a, a well as a um, product working wise, we use Asana. Okay. And Ajit, which is made by Kakao. Okay, so it's kind of like a yeah. workflow management. 
Yeah, I mean, like, it's more like a Facebook, but for like workplaces. Facebook, but for your team. Yeah, but we that we didn't. But how about like you know design tools or yeah. are you using like stock images? Are you creating your own? Like, I use everything actually. Um, Adobe is the basics. We use uh, Illustrators and Photoshop's and. Uh, we don't use okay. XD, we use Figma. Uh, we also use uh, AI-generated uh, illustration as well, like Dali and Midjourney as well. Okay, well, yeah. So uh, it differs every single time with what we want to make. We know um, we have a using different uh, tools, and I think tool-wise, I'm quite an early adopter, so... I know, I and like fast learner. Yeah. Yeah. That is so cool. Um, going back to, you know, like I I know that I like I'm just learning about Deb D, but you were you were for, to me, like I know you also because in Korea, like all of this personality tests or like, you know, yeah, the, all like, of these tests yeah. are very popular. And I know that you were creating that like as a side job, right? Oh yeah. Um, and they were very interesting. So this is like in Korea for like, you know, the the audience who may not know, in Korea is really popular to have this like set of like 20 questions, similar yeah. to personality tests, but it can go like it could be anything and everything. Um, so I wanted to like hear how did you first start making this? you know, personality tests and, uh, yeah, I wanted to learn, like, how did you get to do it and, uh, where that's at? The first time when we made the personality test, well, it's not a personality test, actually. It's more like OX phase. Like, yeah, right, right. And it was 2021, yeah, 2021, uh, June-ish time. I guess. Yeah. What well, is two years ago, actually? When we, uh, I was doing a newsletter, which is called Trend Award, which teaches you a single word, which is trending at the moment. And we tried to make a, a special version of newsletter in order to celebrate our 15th newsletter. And in order to do so, we kind of make a, a quiz, uh, which kind of gives you some idea about the new words and trending words and in order to see how many quiz that you get. And oh, wow. So it's like a, it's like a test of viral. how many words you know. Yeah. Wow. That went crazy viral. Yeah. And 150,000 people played it. Wow. How, like, what crossed your mind when you saw that? Yeah. I was drinking coffee at Starbucks and like single minute, 1,000 players were winning. Wow. I was like, yeah, I was like, what, what's going on? Is this real? And what yeah, did you do with that? I think you didn't stop. Like, yeah, you know, that I, was sort of data to you. And what did you do after? That gave us a lot of newsletter subscribers, actually. Yeah. Wow. I mean, the thing is, our newsletter was not famous at all. We had like what, 40 subscribers. Wow, that when time. that happened. Yeah. And then after that, oh we had my like gosh. 1,500 subscribers. Yeah. Wow. Oh. And then you just posted this test like on like, you know, your, your social media or something. Yeah. I mean, like it went just like naturally viral to everyone. That is so crazy. 
in Korea, is, I think things when they are supposed to go viral, it goes viral like yesterday. Like it's just like so fast yeah. how things how things go. Um, so you know, you you acquire new subscribers, and then what did you do? Like oh, like did did I give you an idea? Oh, maybe I should do more of these. Like what oh, yeah, what happened yes, right it's... after that viral? Test. I said, we thought like maybe maybe newsletter was not a thing. It should probably just make test. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that test was our first one. First baby oh, was wow. one hundred fifty thousand. So I think okay, done. That's that's the thing which we have to go. And after that, we made the second test, and there was this YouTube uh, guru, I would say, uh, which is called Pisic University. Okay, and we made a. How's it kind of fan test for them? So in order to oh, so they out, asked you to make it for them. It was like no, a you know outsourced. It. No, we just, we just made, made it. it. Like fan made, oh yeah, God. stuff, and it went viral again. Wow. They played it. Yeah, the famous YouTubers played it. Posted on their Instagram as well. So it went viral again. Yeah. That was the time so, when mixed MBTI, the personality type test with their concept. How long do these tests take? Like, I mean. It looks kind of like, um, it looks fun, but then I'm sure, like, I mean, does it take a long time to make or like, do you just like spit them out really fast? Like how does, how like labor intensive are these? I mean, like if you want to make from zero, it will go take more than a week because you have to code it. You wow. Have to, yeah. Do the design and things like that. At least a week, at least. But the thing is there is this tool called uh, S'more, I guess. They, they recently changed their name. It used to be called Dota. And this is like a SaaS software that gives you a, a builder, you know, make this personality test and uh, works kids shows. Oh, wow. So somebody so, saw you going viral and they created the service or this was already no, no, there? No. It was already there. I was one of the better testers. Oh, wow. They, yeah. they, they need to thank you. I'm sure yeah, like, I mean, like, you guys are good friends. Yeah, we are good friends, actually. Yeah, I thought they And that first test kind of gave them one of the very, very successful use case, which they got in the best Of course. Yeah. That is so cool. What do you think? Because um, you've done a lot of them, and I, I don't think I have seen a lot of other countries, you know, do them. What do you think? Mm. Like, what's about, like, Korean culture and society that they like? They love this kind of tests um, that gives them all, all of this. There's this, like, kind of gambling. I don't know. There's this, this the unknown that people get curious and then do it. And, like, a lot of FOMO because, you know, if somebody if somebody did it, like, I need to do it also. What What is it about mm -hmm. Korean people that love these tests? I think there are two things which come to my head. First thing is there's this concept called FOMO, fear of missing out. Yeah. We fear of being missing out, actually. Yeah. <laughs> people like out of their friends. If people talk about oh, one wow. thing and if I don't know about it, we get fearful. Why? Like I wonder why is that? Yeah. I I think you're right. Like, I, I feel the yeah. same way too. I think it's because of like all this rivalry system which built us. From when we were youngsters, like, you know, things like there is this terminology that the kid in the neighborhood got the, the kid in the neighborhood uh, got A plus. How about you? And things mm -hmm, like that mm -hmm. kind of gives you some idea of what becoming a rival of in every single person. Yeah. So if they know, that you is, don't know. Um, you think I've never thought about that. Game. 
Wow. I never thought about that, but you're totally right. There, There is this built-in kind of like looking at what everybody's doing and, and, and making sure that at least I'm average, right? Like I'm not falling behind. Yeah. Um, that is a very good point. But I think I recently saw, you know, like Toss did this test and then, you know, what, like you wake up and you're a CEO and then like, what kind of CEO are you? And I thought it was, um, it was really fun. And um, I, I, after moving to Houston, like I, I have not seen a lot of Korean stuff, but then it caught my eye. Like I, I've seen a lot of people post on their, on their feed, mm. but um, right. So like, You've done personality tests, you know, like you have this, you know, you're a founder uh, and then you also have this newsletter. Uh, how long can you tell us this newsletter? Like, you know, how long, how long it's been? Like, how is it going? Right. Uh, I started in 2021, 20, March, so it became too tough now. Yeah. I write everything. Like, right at the pandemic. Like right, right around COVID. Yeah, it was. How did you like? Why did you start it? Like, how you know what what started this? It was just random thing, you know. I was talking to my friend, and she was uh, she was writing a newsletter called, which is a vegan newsletter, which gives you like people all about uh, being a vegan life and information about like vegan shop, the restaurants, things like that. Very very informative, and she stopped, but she thought uh, making a newsletter is a fun thing and. That came to me, and that time I just finished a very very hard project in my previous workplace. So after that, I think okay, I'll just do something which is fun for me, a small project could be a good for me, and then I just wrote it. Wow, that's you know I I love those stories where it's almost like I don't know it it um. It's almost effortless. Like you just just do it because yeah. it's fun, because you like it, and then it turns mm. out being the thing. Like I know, um, right? So it's so interesting. Now we have something like seven thousand seven hundred subscribers at the moment, and which we, is a big number for Korea, I think. Right? Like I, number, you know, I, I it's a huge number, and I don't know. I've I've seen you like I've seen your your newsletter. Like everywhere, like you know, people commenting about it, mm-hmm. or and I, and I think you are now going to be featured on like I don't know, like the top search engine in Korea. Um, how did that happen? Well, SEO wise, uh, we had a very good concept. I'll say we teach all about like new jargons and things like that. There's not many posts about it. Yeah, and. We and you would think like, like we, so we it's almost so obvious. Yeah, like you think like you know trends, like everybody talks mm. about trends, but yeah, um, obviously. But I think like what what made yours unique to me is that it's not just trends cuz you know like there're tons of like fashion trends, like tech mm. trends. But you picked like a trendy word. Yeah. <laughs> like a, a, one word that is trending which um Again, like I cannot, Im- I cannot, I cannot imagine that happening in other countries. Like you know, there there are not trending words and day on a daily basis. But for you, like how how did you think about a trendy word? I mean, we 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 research a lot. We see okay. see Twitters, we see Instagrams, we see TikToks, and things like that. Try to, and then you came up with a word. But like my yeah. my question was like, why did you think about a word? It could have been like, okay, trendy restaurants or trendy blah. But like, um, what made you kind of like obsess about 
like one word a day that is trendy? Um, I mean, trendy restaurants can be a word. Trendy um, TV program can be a word. So if, if I think I thought it's a more big concept than just trying to like, specialize in one place. Oh, wow. That, that's, uh, yeah, I didn't think about it that way, but it's almost like the, the mother of all trends, like yeah. you have a word. Yeah. So we thought, yeah, trendy something. Oh. Wow. I, um, I, I subscribe to your newsletter, Ted, and then mm. I remember seeing the one newsletter talking about Slam Dunk. And I went to see that movie like the day after. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like it was, yeah, it was so good. It was so like, it was so interesting. So Slam Dunk being this, you know, like, I don't know, this anime or like, you know, this, this story uh, or webtoon. I don't know how they how people call it these days. That was really famous, you know, a long time ago, super popular. Yeah. And then they were like bringing it back again. So I saw your newsletter and, you know, you were pulling back from the, the original kind of the cartoons, like words. And that must take a lot of time to resort. Like all of the sources were very, very, like varied, like it was just from everywhere. So um, can you can you share a little bit? And, and this is like on a daily basis. So like, I don't know how you're how you're handling all this, but. Uh, can you share like your your process? I know like we're both Notion. Yeah. We uh, we we I think are aware of this idea of second brain, personal knowledge yeah. management. Like, how do you find inspiration? Like, what comes first? If you can share that a little bit. Right. So these days, I probably get some ideas from our group chat. Now we have a group chat of uh, subscribers actually. <laughs> kind of like post Ted. This is the new word that you have to talk about. <laughs> they do the research for you. Yeah. Yeah. They do the research. Okay. And then I do the further research. I see, I try to find it on Twitter. I try to find it on Instagram. I try to Google it. I try to search every single places that I know. And you know, the special thing about this newsletter for me is it gives you some more ideas than just to introduce in a word. So. It gives you uh, a refreshment, I'll say. So, for example, you talked about Slam Dunk, and the new Slam Dunk uh, movie was was a hype in Korea. And I thought people do not know about the original movie at all, or original uh, comics at all. Right, so, right. I did not. I, I like. Uh, I did a little bit, but not not the key keywords. No. So I think it's a good thing when I can share original comics as well, and. Uh, something like uh, what the movie director thinks about this movie and that and so it gives some more ideas than just, just a word introducing yeah word. like I, I thought uh, I mean, maybe because you know I know you and you know I like the work you do but I was like oh this is so good um, and I'm I'm sure like people you know like love your, your newsletter so it seems like you have different ideas floating and then like yeah. you kind of like go deeper um, mm -hmm. you know every day so is this stressful for you? Like you're kind of like, you become obsessed with words and like everywhere you're, you're like, are you like always looking for words or you just like block time and then you do it or like it's always there on your, in your mind. It must be stressful. I mean, have a guess how, how much would you take to write this one letter, for example, have a guess. It would take like, you know, my newsletter, like I, uh, I think about it for like weeks and that's why I don't write them often. Mm. 
But I will write, I will think about a topic for a lot of time. And then that topic will kind of like marinate in my head. And then when I sit down to write is really fast. But uh, like thinking about like, what should I do? What should I do? Like, and then like, should I put this first, this story first, this quote? Uh, it takes me a while to think. But once you, once I write, it's just like, I don't know, two hours. Um, but the thinking, it takes me a while. How long does it take for, you, like research plus writing? Well, for me, you know, you heard that this was a very, very tiny size project in the first place. Yeah. So we, I, I mean, I set the time to write this thing from first. Because it's part of a job yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, like. And what time, like when, when do you usually write? Like early in the morning? Like what's your routine for writing? Early in the morning, wake up, eight o'clock, write, send it before 10. So one hour. It's the ideal time for me. One and a half hour is not ideal, but terrible, I would say. Not more than one wow. and a half hour. Yeah, one hour now. Oh my God, that's crazy. So like every day you put yourself against a deadline. Yeah, every day I'm facing myself into jumping into the sea. <laughs> okay. But then like, I mean, it's amazing because I think I should do the same because like not having that constraint will just, I just keep marinating on this idea. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it can get better, but I think it's better to just like send it. Obviously. I mean, right. like, we're sending every like, five days a week. So to go to the stranger, like, to the, um, the zone every single morning, it, it is quite stressful, but still, you know the drills and you know how to write this letter. So it's not too hard, just stressful. That's so good. Um, do you have any, like, you know, I, I like your writing. It, it's very... Um, how should I put it? Like it's 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 a writing that feels very easy. Like you're not trying mm -hmm. too hard, right? To like persuade people. Like you're just, um, I don't know. There there is a certain level of confidence on your writing that I feel, mm -hmm. and I don't know if you've heard that before. But um, since the writing has become like just routine, you know, I just just like I don't think about it. I just do it. Uh, any writing projects that you have coming up or are you writing more articles or like long form or just newsletters? Well, the thing is like, if you're writing a newsletter every single day for five days a week, you will never get an uh, appetite for any other writing. Section. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is true actually. Okay. I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. In the newsletter, I'm trying to uh, write as easy as I can. So every people can like get it, get it in a second. And also. No, yeah. Uh, and, and, and you are definitely thing, doing like hitting yeah. that spot, which is, you know, the which is really good. The fourth thing for us is becoming harmless. Yeah. We thought becoming a harmless uh, in, in a new strategy is really like the key thing. If I write it too confidently or too aggressively, then some people might be. So we start making every single expressions in the letter harmless could be uh, the key thing for being easy going as well. So okay. we are merely suggesting um, something. Yeah. I see. I see. Not, not being too, like too, like, no I don't pressure. Know, too opinionated <laughs> or like too, yeah, yeah. Like we have the truth, but the, one of the things that I don't know, at least in the U S we talk a lot about is all of this like generative, you know, AI, mm -hmm. uh, I personally use like ChatGPT every day, like for a lot of different reasons, like either brainstorming or like, I think it's, it's a very useful tool, mm -hmm. but I have not found a good tool uh, to do this in Korean. Like mm -hmm. I don't, I like, 
it's always like, eh, it's like, it sounds bad or it's not very natural. Um, do you work with any tools that help you brainstorm or things in Korean or how is Korea right now in terms of like AI tools for creation? Um, there are a few companies, one called Written, WRTN, and they are one of the leading startups in Korea, which do think uh, in, 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 in Korea. And another one called Upstage AI, which has a service called Ask Up. And you can use the ChatGPT on Kakao Talk in Korea. Yeah. Really? Many, many others. Yeah. I have not seen that. On Kakao. I mean, okay, I need like, to check that out. Yeah, Kakao and Neighbor is making themselves a an AI, like generative AI uh, software as well. So you'll probably see more and more to come, but two leading things could be written and update at the moment. Or have me, you have you used those tools or are they any good? Yeah, I mean, obviously I, I've used it long, long time ago, I would say. And um, for me, I don't really use ChatGPT a lot. <laughs> yeah. Not really useful for me. I don't. I see, I see. I mean, like, making that myself is... new thing could be easier than using ChatGPT. I mean, like, I, I can use it quite well, but for me, Google is easier. easier. Oh, wow. Mm. Okay. Yeah, it's like, it's. I don't know. I'm just... just um, it's too slow. It's oh. almost like for me, it's like, could ChatGPT do this? I'm going to test. And then, mm. like, it does it, and it does it, and it does it. Like, And like I, like I told you earlier, it's like... It's a pretty above average. It's not yeah. outstanding. But then it's like kind of in between average and outstanding. It's not below average. So sometimes when you only have energy for like average, using ChatGPT, I think does bring it up a little bit. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know, brainstorming I mean, or checking if this is confusing or... But you have to check the fact again anyway. So, yeah. I, yeah, I so I, I don't yeah. do a lot of factual stuff. Uh, I don't do a lot of factual stuff, but then like, just kind of like, uh, I think ChatGPT is really good at like summarizing things mm. or, you know, feeding it, feeding text and then doing something to it. And mm. that has been like pretty, pretty good at, you know, pretty good oh, yeah. at. Um, but like, if I'm, if I'm searching for facts, I definitely go to like, at least right now to Google, but it's it's been definitely a tool for me that that I use quite mm -hmm. quite frequently. Um, one one last you know just just topic that I wanted to to ask you is, I don't know you you have been to me like I know you're you're like younger than me like you just there is this like very optimistic kind of you know spirit to you like uh oh you know like you know you can look at it this way and it's always in a, in a positive way um if there's something annoying you you are the first to kind of like not you know just just kind of like brush it off your shoulder and like forget about um even like the the newsletter like oh you know like i just started it because it's fun so th there is a sense of just just doing it which is very difficult to see in korean people so uh, I'm I'm a parent. I have two kids, and um, you know I just just came back actually from like a robotics competition. Just seeing a lot of kids, and uh, just seeing how like the parents get involved. Like anything that you could share about your parenting, like what do you think about your parents, or I don't know what what made you this way, so carefree, uh, kind of like very optimistic. 
And I think that that plays in your favor because because you're optimistic and carefree. I think you take more risks. You do more. Uh, oh, you know, if it doesn't work, it's fine. Like, you know, we can do something else. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to ask you about like your, your upbringing a little bit. Like how were your parents Ooh, yeah. with you or or maybe living abroad? You lived you lived in the UK for about eight years. Like, did that play any role? I mean, obviously, everything played some some sort of roles, I'll say. But parenting-wise, uh, my mom and my dad kind of like let me do everything which I want when I have a reason. So they always ask me why. So something like, Dad, I want to buy PlayStation. I'll say, and they ask me why. They didn't say no. They say why. So for example, for, that's, a, that's an excellent example, okay? So, Dad, I want to get a PlayStation. What would you have said for why? Uh, for PlayStation, actually, I had to make a PP today. Okay, so that's a, that's a good that's a good. Um, so, what did your uh, PPT slides have that convinced your recall. parents to get your PlayStation? I can't remember the details, but the thing is, like every single like sentence kind of counts counts in different ways. So something like like I I'll probably say something like uh, in order to get re- reduce the stress from the uh, studying and things like that because. PlayStation, that's like 20 years ago. <laughs> I was a student back then, so I'll say first thing, uh, it reduces the stress from the hard working study. And secondly, it everyone has it. Third, and I want to play this this game, which might be joyful for you and my, my mom and my dad as well. So I wow. try to read it. You got it. No, they said like and then they then they asked me again, is it real? It is correct. It is right. Elaborated. Then they so, at the end they, they you you got the the PlayStation. Yeah. Then they they didn't they didn't force me not to buy it. Yeah. They say okay, wow. get it. Yeah. Um. That is so interesting. So they were they were they would let you do things, but in a way, it was like under their supervision, right? Like it's not like yeah. So there is a difference between I feel being neglected. Like I don't mm. care what I don't care what you do, do whatever you want. Uh, in this case, it seems like it was more of a not neglect. It's just like okay, we're watching you, we're watching yeah. you, and um, we approve of what you want to do, right? So they were they were just more approving of the things they wanted to do. Yeah, I'll say it's not approving. It's more like they were neglecting. <laughs> they were neglect. It was maybe benign neglect. It was like good yeah. neglect. Yeah, the good neglect. They didn't force me not to do anything. Yeah, I could do everything which I wanted. And then after that, they asked me why you did. did, did. They, they just wow. are like curious of my decision making process. And do you have any siblings? I think you had a sister. Yeah. Or no, I have I'm a wrong. brother, okay. younger brother. Yeah, a younger brother. Is your brother like that too? I think he's more optimistic like than you. Me. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. That I is think... so great. And um at least I had Do you is that the same to... like with your eager to to start things? Yeah, start things and earn things and to grab something. And, but my brother has nothing like that. He has no motivation on anything. So it's a chilling every single day. Wow. That is um that's interesting. I I I am I'm struggling with um just what is the the better thing? Like I'm like, and and I'm I'm somebody who regrets a lot of things. I'm like, oh, mm. I should have done it this way. I should have done it that way. And 
I'm trying to figure out, okay, what's going to make me regret less <laughs> or, you know, in terms of parenting, right? Like I don't want to, I want to be a good parent. It's like, and every time I do something, is this good parenting? Like, am I being too harsh? Um, you know, should I, should, should I be more strict with like studying stuff? And there are all these questions and self-doubt as a parent. Yeah. And that's why to me, okay, like, uh, people like you are a little bit more of a finished product. I mean, as an adult, you are kind of a finished product to me as a child. So I just, I, I was wondering, like, you know, what about your parenting? Because uh, you only know your parenting. Like, you don't know mm. other people. But, um, yeah, so, like, you, they, they pushed you a little bit, but it was never too forced, it sounds I like. Parenting-wise, my my. Dad and my mom used to say one single sentence, like again and again, which kind of came into my head. Like, it's like a charm. And my dad always said something like, at the end, everything is your choice. So, I see, I see. Yeah. So, what he, the decisions that make, like, you made, makes you. So, it's your decision, your call, your history, your thing. Yeah. And wow, she kind of teach me that. Like, when I was really young. Yeah. And my mom, and this was my dad saying, and my mom used to say something like, like, um, if you think about the good thing, good scenario, it happens and it will be good. And regardless of whether you think kid or not, but if you don't think about the worst case scenario, then granted. So always prepare it. That was your mom. How, yeah. how wise. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Like just, just not, yeah. not giving you like, okay, life is like, oh, like, you know, roses and. But she's she's just really trying to be real with you. Like, okay, you know, there are consequences and you want to think about the worst case and then make a choice. Like, it, your, it's, it's your choice, but then, like, think about all these things. Yeah, so back then, now, think about my, what my mom said and my dad said. I had to think about the worst case scenario and I also have to take the old risk of choosing a thing. So that kind of made me not optimistic, but more... How can I say? Think about everything style. Yeah. Um, it's not a good thing. That is, that's, that's so cool. Yeah. That's, 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 I think, uh, a really good place, I think, to, to, you know, like to wrap the, 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 the call. But because we all share about like, you know, practical things and, yeah. um, I don't know any, any like, what are, what is like one of your top lessons learned from, I don't know, the, the past. Like the recent, recently, like what is the, if you can give one lesson that you learned uh, that you believe is a very important lesson. Life-wise? Yeah, personally. Mm, it could personally. be about like, you know, having, starting, starting a, a creative project. Um, yeah. Uh, a practical advice I, that. I learned one thing. There, was, there is someone who's way better than me in every single area. That's why I learned. So ask before. Oh, I see. I see. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm all for that. But then sometimes I feel I ask too much, too many people. Yeah, I say like I'm. I'm. I'm taking the tickets out. So if like if I take too much tickets out from a friend, don't mind that the friendship will won't last. So I ask. Well, it's very crucial. But I'm trying to ask more and more these days and i'm sure they, they respond pretty well right they yeah they tell you uh we um i don't know this channel i think because we're like we are learners and we want to you know get all of that like um what are 
some of your favorite things these days? Like favorite, I, I don't know, TV show, favorite like book, uh, YouTube channel, like any fun content that you're consuming? Oh, I don't consume content in a fun way now because of the news. Oh, it's like, like work. Like, it's a work. Interesting. But still, I, I enjoy, I enjoy my work. Uh, Book-wise, I bought a book yesterday. Actually, it's here. And I'm sure it's in Korean. So can you, it is in Korean. can you tell us what it's mm. about? I, I, I haven't started yesterday, uh, but it's a essay book uh, written by Miyashita, a Japanese writer. Uh, it's Why a, did you pick that up? It's, it's a book about making food. Yeah. Ah. It's not a is that something book, that is interesting about, to you? Yeah, I like uh, food essays, I'll say. And the name of the book was Let's Make a Sea Turtle Soup. Let's Make a What Soup? Sea Turtle Soup. Interesting. I know it makes totally That is nonsense. interesting. I don't know. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Um, I think it's cultural. Tell me about it. I like, mean, I want to, I'm always, sorry, say that again. I mean, like, culture wise, in Japan, sea turtle soup means the best uh, cook that you can give to someone before, in order to make them to live, something like that. So, I did not know that. I know. I think it's from one of the uh, mystery games. Back in the, one of the famous, um, yeah, books in nineteen or something like that. But I think it's jargon. The sea turtle soup is a jargon, actually. Yeah, of course. But it's like let's make the best thing possible or something. Yeah, best thing possible in order to make someone live. Wow. Well, that that's a, an excellent way to to link it back to your your new app. I think you're. Mm -hmm. You're doing a fantastic job and uh, all the best with DevD and you sort of are like, you know, finding a, finding a place. Uh, it sounds like you found all your life through the co-living spaces. Like you met people and I think your home, besides like what's inside, besides the furniture, like it is the most kind of like important thing that will open up doors, new connections. And yeah. you're definitely doing that. So uh you really kind of are, you know, cooking your sea turtle soup <laughs> there, you know, from from your uh, cold living space. And yeah, all the best. Um, good luck with like, you know, Trend Award. Thank good you. luck with like so many other things that you're working on. I'm sure, you know, you'll do great. And um, anything that you want to to add to for people who want to learn more about you, I'm going to have the link to your app. Anything else that uh, that you would like to say about you or? No, that will do for that. Thank you for having me. Okay, that was uh, that was fun. Thank you, Ted, for coming in. I know we're taking time from your like weekend, but thank you so much for giving us all this time and enjoy the weekend, enjoy the book, and all the best with your projects. And we'll thank be back you. with more next week. 